Hi, my name's Sean Taylor. That guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. But I always wonder why I introduce you, because you're already on his channel. I guess, well, you know, I guess we have like a a, a decent audio-only audience. So, you know, I, I retract my statement, but in that case, I also retract the part where I physically point to him on video, because he can't see that. So it's just it's just Sean Taylor and, and The Objective Geek in some uh, some arrangement that doesn't matter to most people. And welcome to Avatar The Last Podcasters. We're talking about Legend of Korra, book four, Balance. Balance? Why does it feel wrong? Why do I feel so unprepared right now? Balance, chapter seven, Reunion. But before we talk about that, as always, Chris, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, I am tired. Very tired, but for good reasons. My parents are visiting tomorrow, which means I've been spending all day cleaning up, even though they have seen me at my dirtiest. Uh, <laughs> my messiest, but still got clean the house. They but have I'm also literally because... wiped feces from your hindquarters. Like you can't that disappoint is. them. <laughs> I mean, you can. Don't don't test me on that. Yeah. Um, but I'm also tired because I was up till like I went to a ten o'clock showing, ten to fifteen showing of the Batman last night, which was my second viewing of it, and. uh are you oh, willing also, to give like a like quick and dirty thoughts? Yeah, I mean, one of these days I, I would like to for you to watch it and and then we can review. It. I also want to invite one of my friends. Uh, he has his own podcast called J J and K Rants. We do a lot of scary movie stuff. With he's really into Batman. I have um, mild intentions of going tomorrow evening. I have not. Okay. I have not confirmed that yet, and it would have to be relatively late tomorrow evening. So I yeah. guess for people listening to this. Uh, today evening or whatever saturday evening the 12th that's my hope we'll see if it pans out i don't want to commit to it just yet that's okay um i'm gonna say oh one of these days i want to get in depth like spoilery review with you and possibly another person um but i can say some general thoughts here is that i love the film um the second time i saw it, it blew me away more than the first time which is a weird thing and the first time i watched it I, I wasn't sure what to think sometimes because because i just it was new and fresh i knew i loved it but in my head i was just like well what what do i really really think about it and um the second time blew me away and uh i, I, I love robert Pattinson as batman he's a great batman the movie is very very batman focused you know like most batman movies and the Dark Knight has Batman in it, like maybe fifty percent of the time. This movie has Batman. And when I say Batman, like Batman in the suit, right? Not not Batman yeah. as a generic crossover of one of the two, but literally Batman operating. Yes, as Batman. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not, and he doesn't even try the whole Playboy Bruce Wayne thing because he's so emo. He doesn't see any need for it. And I, and I love emo Batman. He's, it works for me so well. One thing, the character's pretty emo. Like, he's, he's a very emotional character. But right now, it is probably within all my rankings of Batman films. It's, it's tied for third with Dark Knight Rises. I uh, have first a... being, oh, I'm sorry. first being Batman Begins. Second was the Dark Knight, and I think 
this is just me making a, a prediction that has I have no basis for this. Uh, but based on so I have uh, Chris, you are my most trusted uh, friend reviewer of movies. And I don't watch other movie reviewers, so I guess that you are my most trusted reviewer of movies. And then there's two other people that kind of share similar just nerd taste to us that are in my friend group that I always read their Facebook posts when they go see a movie or whatever. And based on those people's commentary, uh, I do... Uh, this sounds weird. I almost have a fear that I'm going to like it more than the Christopher Nolan movies, if that makes sense. So, like, I don't want to, because especially I'm one of, I mean, I'm one of those people. I love Dark Knight, uh, despite the long runtime. That was always like my only complaint, which is not the worst complaint to have for a very good movie. Um, but it's like, hey, a, this one's longer than the Dark Knight. Yeah. Before. And I, that's going to be, I have a feeling that's going to be, I don't do well sitting in one place. I'm always nervous about Dark Knight theaters, is too long but, at all. Uh, I'm sorry, keep going. No, I just, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, your brain is like afraid of sunk costs. Be like, what if I see it? And what if I like it more than The Dark Knight Rises? And then will will that make me mad? And it's like, no, that means it's good. You just saw a good movie, but then your brain's just like, no, that's not okay. I spent all this time liking this other movie. Uh, No, I'm not trying to make any presumptions, but the reviews that I have heard from you and from others have, uh, have, they've gotten my hopes up pretty high. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I, I didn't think they would ever make a movie like this again, right? Because Batman Begins, if Batman Begins came out today, he would be like, well, where's all the action? They'll be like, where is like the, the quips? We've been stuff? jaded by and, two decades of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Jaded might like, not be the right Batman Begins takes, is a very in-depth look at Bruce Wayne as a character first. And and everything kind of comes second to that. The dark, the dark. Well, the Dark Knight is like we're going to take an in depth look at at everyone at Batman, at Commissioner Gordon, at the Joker, at Harvey Dent. Is it fair and to say there's Rises, more action in the Dark Knight? There's more things happening all the time. It feels like. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the most intense movies I've ever watched. Like, um, and so the uh, the Batman is like a cross between the Dark Knight and Batman Begins centric Batman story. Like he has a clear character arc from beginning beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. And I consider Batman Begins the most aspirational and inspirational superhero movie of all time. Like I try to live by the quotes in that movie. I love the quotes in that movie. Specifically the it's not who we are underneath, but we do but what we do that defines us. Absolutely love that quote. And and then they have a lot of stuff in there about the difference between justice and vengeance. Like Richard Dahl says, vengeance is about you making yourself feel better. Justice is about you making the world better. And the Batman very much focuses in on that vengeance piece. Vengeance is a huge aspect of the film. Like, what does it mean to commit yourself fully to vengeance? Uh, what do you sacrifice in it? What type of symbol do you become for good or for bad? So those are like the type of things, that type of introspective character study type of stuff, I absolutely love. Like, I don't even need that much. And this movie has action in it. It definitely does. But uh, the things that makes me love it the most is those more quieter character moments. There's also some really great Catwoman moments. I love love Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. 
I think I can confirm now. After my first viewing, she was my, only my second favorite, the Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. But I think I confirm that she's now my favorite Catwoman. Is that community? And I just haven't got there where they're listing their favorite Catwomen. Or is that, a, am I thinking of a different TV show? And that's I, community, right? It sounds familiar. It's like season four or season five. I uh, Is it fair to say Batman Begins is a very Christopher Nolan movie? Like, I mean, obviously it's a Batman movie, but if you take away the Batman part, you're just like, yeah, that's pure Christopher Nolan, like top to bottom, just everything about Batman Begins. And then Dark Knight, for better or for worse, I would say for better, because I prefer the movie feels more like kind of, yes, a super intense modern superhero movie. Um, but one of the most interesting things that I've heard about this one so far from, from you and or uh, other people is the idea that focuses on heavy on Batman. And then one of the, my other friends mentioned like, like the sounds, like the, the sort of yes. crunching, no, crunching yeah, Sean, gore the, of these. I, I, I... I'm not like a big sound person, except for really with Avatar. Because, you know, the sound of bending and everything, mm-hmm. like the sound design of Avatar is, is so great. Um, but for some reason, the sound of this movie, like, I think they might win an Oscar for sound design. Like, there is a certain, like, when Batman walks, there's a scene, anytime Batman walks, he doesn't have spurs. Like, he's not wearing spurs. But you hear this clicking, and it sounds like spurs. And then when he moves, like just you can hear the rubber in his suit like move and then when he punches people of course you you hear that punch and uh and I was glad I went to a, a better theater the second time I watched it where the sound where they picked up on all of that but yeah the sound was really really good and the bad the sound of the Batmobile was good like, I am the, I'm really excited engine, to well and we've talked in the past I usually don't notice sound cuz I and I think this is common is that I don't notice sound unless it's bad or annoying, right? Like, it blends in more often. uh, But it's safe to say that I will have a much fonder appreciation or be able to appreciate that more now than, you know, like, four years ago pre-podcast, for sure. Just sort of being enlightened or educated on how to pay attention to those things. So I'm very excited. And that was, like, the first words out of another friend's mouth was, like, I don't know how to describe it, but the sounds in this movie were so intense. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> so I'm very excited to see that now. But uh, hopefully tomorrow no, evening, and then it would be really cool to to do an in-depth whatever you have in mind just to sit down and talk yeah. to it spoiler-free. be very excited. Yeah. I mean, I do have some some uh, gripes with the film. Sure. After my second After my second watch... The gripes weren't as bad as after the first watch because I noticed they explained a couple of different things and set up a few things. Um, but uh, I, and I haven't put it into my rating system because I haven't put any movies into my rating system in a while. Cause in I'm like a, lazy a year and a YouTube half, reviewer. I'm going to call you on your crap, Chris. Uh, um, I love the I system, guess, Chris. Put them through the system. <laughs> if I had to guess, it'll probably be at like an eight point. Eight, I'd guess that's fair, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I haven't seen it. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's terribly unfair. But um, well, excellent. I'm glad you went back for the second viewing. I feel like, as a person who, uh, like, I always feel like I'm adamantly against spoilers. I don't care if you don't want spoilers. That's great or whatever. It never bothers me or whatever. But it's like I don't want people's 
first opinion of the movie to be their lasting one. And I mean, like with all media yeah. or with any, any book or any media, like I want people to sort of study things and appreciate them or whatever. I, I don't know. No, definitely. So. Like, and the reason, and I think this movie can end up being, uh, like my second favorite movie, my second favorite Batman movie of all time. Like, it took a long time for me to, to fully accept that Batman Begins. It's like I probably took on my third rewatch of it, but this is my favorite movie of all time. Like for a while there, I had the Bat, I had Batman '89 as the best Batman movie. That's my favorite one. And now I watch it, I'm just like this. Like, I, I, just, I just don't have the same uh, love it's for it. It's not that it's wrong, Batman. <laughs> it's just Batman of a different era that I don't have yeah. much interest in personally. <laughs> no offense, Mike. Yeah, like, also, also, I've become so much, so much of a better reviewer now. I think like there's, there's really no character arcs throughout this film. There's, I'm not sure what's even driving any of the characters. But I, don't know, I might I, that, that might be kind of an unfair statement. But I watched it the other day, and I just got kind of nothing out of it. Um, I just got Batman, uh, Batman '89, and Batman Returns, the two Michael Keaton ones. Yes. On on Blu-ray, um, just mm-hmm. random, very randomly got them the other day, and so I'm excited to actually watch them in Blu-ray because I have not seen those movies. In like a decade, probably. I've never had any interest in going back and rewatching. I'm not opposed to them. I just they don't appeal to me. But I will watch them now on Blu-ray, in high def. Uh, maybe even on. I'm getting a new TV over in my in my remodeled basement, and it will easily be the best TV. We'll get it good and dark and watch them like as good as I could humanly watch them. And we'll we'll see. But I just I have had zero desire to watch any of the previous Batman's for like a decade. Yeah, that's right. Not to be offensive to oh, uh, the wealth of Michael Keaton fans out there. Not that's not my yeah. purpose. I forgot to say, I was uh, had the great pleasure of being on the, uh, this podcast called uh, Comic Binge um, with like uh, people that I, I used to follow. They, like my first podcast, I listened to Modern Myth Media, and they talk about which one thing. They just just name Modern Myth Media. I love always love that name because it was so indicative of superheroes in our current day and time because they are modern myths um so that was like the first podcast i listened to when i was listening to podcasts and uh and they've kind of broken up and gone off in different podcasts and stuff i was on this podcast called comic bench and we uh, was doing a kind of in-depth review of the batman that was a lot of fun so uh check that out um we will have to put the link to that video down in the description chris if you remind me when we're done here I'll put that down yes. in there, including the guy who sounds like Paul Rudd. <laughs> he sounds okay. Everyone, I I really want to I really want to know if I'm crazy or not. Anyone listen to this, please go to that video. Go about the two minute and I'm sorry, yeah, two minute and ten second mark. A guy will start talking, and he sounds exactly like Paul Rudd to me. Like the cadence and everything, the tone, like it's it was just I was. I got laughing because I was like, oh my gosh. So I was, like, I was having fun doing the podcast because I was just imagining I was talking to Paul Rudd. He kind of looks like Paul Rudd too. Also, it's hard because he's on a camera on a quarter of the screen and he just looks like a kind of a longer haired with a beard Paul Rudd. I was just like, oh man. 
I'm going to bring everything we've talked about so far full circle. Uh, last Saturday, I babysat for one of those other friends whose opinions on movies I value while he went to watch the Batman. So I babysat his kids, me and my wife. And they're like really young. Like they were asleep by the time the parents left. So when I said babysat. I mean, I sat on his couch and played his video games. Uh, and so uh, previously, like I got those two Batman Blu-rays from him for something unrelated. And then he watched the Batman. I watched his kids. And that night while we were babysitting, I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, with Paul Rudd in it. And then two days later, you're like, hey, is this guy sound like somebody? And I was like, I don't know who you mean. You're like, Paul Rudd. And all I can picture is Paul Rudd pulling the cards out of his mouth because he learned close-up magic tricks in his boredom. And that that's my full circle everything, uh, tie everything together moment nice. here. It was very appropriate. But uh, also Ant-Man and the Wasp, I don't care for it. I don't know if I've seen it before. Like, uh, you know, it's not... Not a great film. It's, it's, I'm sure there's people that like it, and I'm sure that's totally fine. I, I don't know if I need to see it again. I would say similar about Ant-Man probably, even though it is funny, and I tend to be pro-funny. I don't care for Ant-Man either. Uh, I tend to be like, pro-funny stuff. But if I want to watch a yeah. funny Marvel movie, I'm going to go Ragnarok, I think, or Guardians. Yeah, you say that. Guardians of the Galaxy or Ragnarok, probably. I don't know what would be my funny if you what need movie, what superhero movie would i watch if i want to get a laugh if you want action really but a little that. lighthearted i chris you you strike me as a guardians one guy i would lean guardians one i think okay. i don't know if you have a better answer i'm just making a guess yeah i don't know huh? anyway interesting that's my full circle chris i'm glad you got to watch the batman um, I had a, uh, my wife and I had a smidge of a, uh, a rough week last week. So I've been very into comfort food. I've been watching the community TV show again for like the fifth or sixth time, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the first time I watched community, you've watched was... it more than I have shown. And like, and community you... isn't a show that I've watched. I'm, I've probably watched it at most one and a half times. I had, no, seen... that, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen seasons like one through three, a couple different times. Good. And then after that, I've seen them probably like one or two. I've seen all the episodes like once, some of them twice, depending on how good they are. I had not watched. I'd seen, I'm going to say I'd seen maybe a third of the episodes prior to you saying, Sean, you should just go watch Community. And then I bought like two seasons of DVDs at, at uh, what's that place we have here called? Uh, I can't think. Vintage Stock. I watched him and I fell in love. And so within the time that we have been podcasting, I've probably seen it five times, like roughly once a year, give or take. But uh, yeah, been doing comfort food things, been playing, doing that and then playing Pokemon Arceus, Legends Arceus, like very much the comfort food of, of entertainment this week. Uh, but it's been good and I've enjoyed it. Someday I'll make a Pokemon Legends Arceus review because it's been an entertaining, entertaining play. So, uh, But in the meantime, we have an actual episode of a TV show that we care about to talk about here. And it's book four, Balance, Chapter 7, Reunion of the Legend of Korra. Chris, if you would like to walk us through the episode, I gotta be honest, it's been two oh weeks since I watched this. I hope it comes back <laughs> to me. Uh, let's see. Okay, so... <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's later than normal, and we're both <laughs> clearly tired, and I'll apologize <laughs> in advance. No. Full on energy here. Okay, so 
Republic City and Tenzin. What the heck do they got doing each other? I don't know. Here, let oh, me just course, put them course, all up here. Sorry. You can you can figure it out. Thor's <laughs> back in Republic City after getting defeated by Kuvira, and and fans have never let that down. Like someone was just saying in in one of my videos, like Kuvira got beat in the Avatar State by this person, and the, like what show is gonna be in the Avatar State? I'm like, you're clearly not looking at the context around all those times that she got beat. Like, like she's dealing with PTSD against Kuvira, against Sahir, she was being poisoned, and against Unalak, she was facing another avatar. Like, these are good reasons to not defeat a person in the avatar state. <laughs> but Aang never had nah, PTSD. No Boom, point Aang. Yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> Aang... <laughs> <laughs> Aang got struck by lightning, though, in the Avatar State, nearly for the connection, but no, Aang's a saint. He's perfect. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I find myself being, like, more jaded by towards Aang, just because like, he he has so many people who just love him, who seemingly love him more than Korra, and, and don't count his faults and stuff, and so I don't want... Like, I love Aang. But then also, I'm just, I naturally want to build up an offense against Aang because so many people just just prefer him because of their love him. Yeah. show preference and not good reasons. Yeah, I yeah. nobody will ever like my answer because so far I feel more grounded in my existing answer, which we which I've always said is like, you know, I feel like nine out of ten times that Korra would not be able to get a hold of Aang or like get a shot off on Aang or like actively defeat Aang in which we couldn't decide among the two of us who that actually meant that was a victory for because I always like a draw is a victory for Aang you know and I have never I have yet to see anything that makes me feel like I'm going to budge off that stance and so I'm just going to be a boring (laughs) neutral party until I die nobody's ever going to watch my opinions anymore yeah I'm just saying I was in a fight if the purpose of a fight is to fight, <laughs> and you're not fighting, because Aang wouldn't fight. fight, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. So if, if that's the case, and let's not count it as a fight, and then say that Korra would beat Aang one out of one times, a hundred percent of the time, Korra would beat Aang in a fight. I would say that ten percent. You've of the been time, lawyered. Ten percent of the time. You've been lawyered. Ten percent of the time, just, she would be Aang in a fight, and the other ninety percent of the time. Nothing valuable would occur. <laughs> no, we're, we're redefining what a fight is. Therefore, <laughs> in these 10 cases, one of these cases is a fight, which Cora wins one out of one time. I thought you and, said and... 10 paces. Like, they have to walk 10 paces and turn around <laughs> and go Avatar State. And spin. There should be that. I mean, that should... would solve some of your problem of, like, listen, you have to fire a shot of some type. you got to walk your 10 paces. And then you have to turn around uh, and do I'm, something. I'm thinking Cora in that fight. Uh, well, that's, well, let's see. A 10 pace. F- see, Aang would still just. That's still the draw. Because Aang would still just jump. He'd just jump really I think he high. Would. And... But also, he wouldn't. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. How are you going to force them? Not... I'm, I'm more interested in how we're going to force them to fight each other physically without Aang being able to be evasive. But then, without it, to just becoming like a weightlifting competition in the of well, at that point, if, if you say they can't, 
move because in a draw, you can't just do the 10 paces and then like run behind a barrel and shoot at the person. What if no, it's like yeah. basketball? What if they have to stay in their cylinder, right? So like you get 10 paces and then you're not allowed any left or right. So you just up and down. Uh, get a cylinder. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> It's a terrible idea. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to force them to fight. Or maybe you just gotta put the circumstance like Aang, if you don't actively win, you don't get whatever this is, you know, maybe it's just the, the carrot that you put at the end of it. Like Aang, a draw is a loss. You have to actively win in order to get this trophy. Yeah. Now what do you do? I don't okay. not a trophy. Uh <laughs> save a child's life. Of course back when is back in Public City, reunited with Tenzin, and um, and she pretty much tells them what Kavir is doing, how wait, she doesn't know about Spirit Bomb. Anyway, she tells them how Kavir is doing. And then, let's, I'm going to just talk about the A-plot right here. Uh, she meets up with Asami and Mako, because they're this whole part of the reunion. And then, uh, they kind of get on each other's nerves, because they haven't seen each other in a while. Like, no one's necessarily wrong in these conversations. It's just how friends talk every now and then. Um, of course, Sami are seeming a lot closer than than they previously were. Uh, even Michael's like, what's going on between you two? Like, I wonder if that the way the creators were just like, there's something going on between those two. Even Michael it, feels, is... it feels to me like it's very active. Like, it's a big sort of jump in, 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 I don't in know. perception I, I, of the relationship. Yeah, I, it feels very active yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So then, Prince Wu's being annoying. I don't, he's this episode. He's more fun annoying to me. I don't know why, but he's he's better for me in this episode. Like, there's a point in time where he's just, like talking to Corey. He's like, "Ooh, can you go to the Avatar State? I want to see your eyes glow." Like, I don't know why. <laughs> it's funny to me. Um. And then, uh, let's see. So then, uh, Mako doesn't follow him into the bathroom. And he usually does. I feel like Mako just didn't follow him to the bathroom this time because he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of his friends. Like, these two have been off doing things and he's just babysitting this, this uh, little brat. Anyway, That's a he gets very kidnapped. polite way to word what he is. Yeah. He gets kidnapped. Uh, and so they have to find them, and they, I mean, it's kind of straightforward, they chase down the uh, people in Kuvira's army, and of course able to find him through the spirit vines, which is uh, pretty interesting that she doesn't need to have like a, a strong connection with a person, just has to know them, and she can kind of find them. And uh, Aang was never able to do that. He was only able to find Appa that time. (laughs) Who hurt you, Chris? Who hurt you? Um, And uh, (laughs) I think I kind of want to make more Facebook, not Facebook, more YouTube videos, just just Aang Aang slander. (laughs) (laughs) You're just making a, uh, what do you call it? uh, I can't even think when 
Counter artist drop tracks that talk shit oh. on each other. What's that called? Oh, diss track. A diss track. You just get a chop oh, yeah. diss tracks. Why is my brain? I already have. Me? I I already have like the thumbnail in my head, which is like worst written character. <laughs> Why <laughs> Ang is a worst written character? First now, of all, that better I... have a picture of Jet on it, or I'm not watching. I honestly think that Ang is the worst written character. No, the thing is, though, that's... no, Jet is corny garbage. Oh, but Jet has an art. Jet, it's Jet a dumb is art. a Jet is a tragic character. Like he ends up being killed by by Earth Kingdom person, head of state. Like the irony there is is overwhelming. Uh, while Ang really has an art, and then I. I love that he's the worst written character. Is more of a testament to the great written characters around Aang. And uh, but that that being said, like I w- I will probably come across as if I hate Aang. I don't hate Aang. But uh, yeah. but relatively, he hates Aang. <laughs> On a curve, he hates Aang. I I like Aang more than pretty much every character. In an avatar, except for Iroh and Korra, maybe Zuko. I think yeah. I think Aang is hurt to some degree by only seeing a much narrower slice of his life. I think that harms some of our visage of his character, but that's just an opinion. A much yeah. smaller slice of his life. Uh, anyway, so uh, they track Prince Wu mm-hmm. to a train station. Uh, Prince Wu ends up on the train. They have to follow. And they have a pretty cool fight with each other uh, with people in Kuvira's army. And they have to well, I like seeing. I would like to see this uh, train sequence prolonged because I'm. I've been thinking about chase scenes a lot because I watched the Batman. And a lot of people say the chase scene in, in the Batman is like the best chase scene. And so I've been thinking about chase scenes often. It's kind of a chase scene, and then it also reminded me of the train scene in in um, Batman Begins, the Wolverine, oh. <laughs> and the Wolverine. <laughs> So it's a pretty great train chase scene in, in the Wolverine. Um, I feel like I should rank real quick. I'll rank my favorite Batman chase scenes. The Batman would probably be like fourth favorite. Okay. Maybe even fifth favorite. Honestly, fifth favorite. Ooh. I'm, and then so I'm going to go uh, the Batman, fifth favorite. So these are like Batmobile chase scenes. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I just like the way that the Batmobile sounds in that. Uh, for also reference, Batman v Superman chasing that would be lower than the Batman because Batman kills so many people in that chasing. <laughs> it annoys me. <laughs> like he is just there's a scene. There's this guy on the back of a truck, and Batman like jumps. His tire hits the guy's head, and then there's a, a lot of other scenes of him just firing these guns at the back of a jeep until the jeep is just just dissolved and there's people in it 
And then he like hooks like with a cable one car and just yo-yos it around. And it's just and when I was watching I was like, this is really yeah, cool. Yeah, those people but, are like, dead. Like why? <laughs> like uh No, they're just asleep. <laughs> Eating little naps. Just like my parents. <laughs> it's been so long since I watched those. It's probably time again. Yeah. Um, oh, so then what am I at? Number I'm three. I'm at number three. Number three. Number three yeah. chase scene will probably be The Dark Knight Rises at the end there. We have to get rid of the bomb. And then number two. Uh, it's kind of a tie between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark Knight chasing is really cool. Because it's kind of twofold. You have Batman and the Tumblr, and then like the, the mission is to get the Joker, like, and then he ends up on the Bat. Like the Bat Pod comes out of the Tumblr. There's a whole new chasing now. It's a that whole was kind a of really cool to it. first time thing yeah, to see. Yeah, it, that was. You know what? First time seeing that. Yeah, that might be number one. Because also when that ends, you almost think it's the end of the movie because they call like it the Joker. Be. Yeah. And also, you'd already been watching for two hours at that point. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's at these long-ass um, run times. I don't have that kind of attention span movies. And then Batman Begins, I think it's really good, because like, that one has a lot of stakes in it, because Batman's trying to save Rachel from the Scarecrow Toxin. But, you know, I'll probably put The Dark Knight at number one, and the Batman Begins at number two. All right, anyway, nice little divergence there. <laughs> that was like a commercial for your other videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Cora and then, like I said, I would like the chasing to be longer because just on a high, fast-pacing train, like in this universe, to have a fight on top of is really cool. So we like it longer. I mean, but I liked it nonetheless. And they jump off. Cora saves everybody with the airbending. Then they apologize to each other and they hug. And Cora keeps uh, <laughs> keeps Prince Wu away. I love I love Cora's no nonsense approach to Wu because it's also I love her no nonsense approach. It reminds me that her no nonsense approach to uh, Napoleon Dynamite airbending character. I love when Cora's like this. That looks like uh, Mako's arm, but I think it's got a blue sleeve. I think that's Korra. Oh, it's Korra's arm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it was definitely Korra's arm. That's great. Yeah. So, and then he's like, you guys are the best friends anyone can have. Like, the, the naivety is funny to me. Poor kid is, yeah, well, it's kind of revealing. Like, that guy's never had a friend before. That's true. <laughs> His whole life. The thing is, they there's a scene in the comic book where they're all, like, in a sauna <laughs> it's like Bolin, them three, and maybe someone. Oh, Julie, and they're all just like mm. sort of in bathing suits in a sauna, just hanging out, and they're trying to think of like ways to help the Earth Empire through because of whatever thing is going on, and so they kind of do become a little closer. <laughs> but anyway, um. I can go back to that my is, notes. Sometimes uh, I wonder if my bullet points actually harm your mental process. No, they help me out. Have. No, they help me out. Uh, no, they definitely help me out. Uh, on to the B plot, which I feel like is more. Of, I mean, it's not the A plot, but I like the B plot more. It's Varric and. It has a much and, smaller uh, timestamp, but it feels very impactful. 
I, but I think he has a much yeah. stronger time stamp. Yeah, no, I there, think so, sure. right? Because this is all about Bolin's redemption. Bolin and Varric's redemption. Like, they've been the, and it's like in the inner circle. And favorite characters here. Yeah. They're in the inner, they were in the inner circle of Kuvira. And they they do and should hold some responsibility for what she's been doing. Either they turn a blind eye to it or they helped out with it. And, and it's uh, immediately it's like, clear here. What I like about it is they're to a place where, I mean, it's keep in mind what show you're watching. It's not like they're throwing themselves out there, but like they're, there's a clear implication of, of dangerous consequences to what they're doing. Like they're not skirting off and hiding. It's very obvious that what they're doing is going to be terribly dangerous. So uh, it's not like mm-hmm. a one-to-one for accountability, but it's a great, great start. Yeah. They're not just like, I'm sorry, uh, and then hiding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bowen even says to Varric, like, hey, if you want to to help out, want to get over this guilt, like, you have to make amends. You have to put some action behind it. Which is good, because, you know, this is Varric's character art becoming uh, more so coming around, and, and Bowen's a good help to that. Uh, so they come across some uh, Earth, well, some different refugees, essentially. They're hiding out from the Earth. James Kuvira is trying to uh, cleanse, <laughs> ethnic cleansing. Yeah, she's gone absolutely full Hitler here, which I kind of wish that they didn't. Just because it... They could have made her slightly... Like they could have jugged out this this kind of gray area empathy that we have for her a little longer, a little better, or a little not better, a yeah. little stronger. I it's it's always difficult, I think, writing a villain with a very compelling case. It would have been really cool if the turning point for us as the audience and maybe it was for some people, but if the turning point for us as the audience was when she uh, decided she was okay that Batar was gonna die essentially, instead mm, of mm, instead of so okay. much of these sort of leading up elements that already yeah. like had had pushed us a little farther and farther off the idea. Uh, that would have been mm-hmm. a really cool turning point. Like even up to that point, you're like, All right, I know she's crazy, but she still got good points. But then she's gonna kill Batar, yeah. and you're like, hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like when does she take that turn to evil? And when you're saying that she's, she's doing these ethnic cleansing, she's doing these uh, re-education camps, which are clearly a nod to concentration camps, um, that turns her into evil. Then, granted, she is she isn't like evil in the sense of uh, fire lords, the fire lord or anything like that, but she's now clearly in the evil. Uh, side when before it was just like well no she's not evil like she doesn't want Prince Wu to rule this country sure she's going about yeah, it in a very have you seen that guy yeah we've already it's just but they had to already moved off of our empathy at this point and they could have drugged yeah. that out longer if they had wanted and I'm sure there's yeah no I think you're right reason they didn't um <gasps> like, or if there had been like a red right? herring where we didn't know if she was gonna like be okay with killing Batar or not uh, and she had had that like waffling moment herself like am I going to do that yeah oh that would have been cool anyway yeah. sorry different different yeah. topic no and I feel the same thing happened to Killmonger and Black, and Black Panther oh like, yeah 
he had he has a very compelling case. He's like, hey, Wakanda has been on the sidelines for that past forever, and you know, black people have gone through slavery and so many things. Like, no more of that. We gotta get involved. We gotta go, um, go help out our people. And then he was like, now we're dropping bombs on. We're gonna send missiles out to all these things. So oh, you you crossed the evil line. You, you escalated like they had to make very differently than we yeah. would like, have. They had to clearly make him evil. If not, the audience is is stuck like rooting for for him. You like accidentally cause an uprising in the movie theater with like a motivating, <laughs> yeah. which I feel like is bad for ticket sales or really good for ticket sales. Actually, I don't know. It could yeah. go either way. Yeah. All these white kids. <laughs> the police. <laughs> the po- sea of drunk white toddlers. <laughs> so excited! So excited! I don't think we've we've mentioned to the podcast that we we're going to go see John Mulaney. I don't up, think so. we have. Yeah, uh, yeah that's Tony, big news. Also, we have said for like probably years that like, hey, if he comes to Kansas City, we got to check it out. And he came, and like that day, bought some tickets. Very excited, Chris. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we planned a vacation. And we were planning it for that week, and we instantly, like, we hadn't settled it yet, but we instantly moved it. Like, nope, I'm going to John Mulaney. Vacation can wait. John Mulaney only here once. Only <laughs> here once. I mean, the thing is, that was, like, some dates added to his original dates, I think. Um, yeah. And it's possible he's, you know, been here before. I don't I don't know. I don't follow that close. But in the time that we have paid attention, he has not been here. So at least four years, bare minimum, if not a little more. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, July twenty third, Kansas City, seven p.m. at Starlight Theater, something like that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, okay, so then uh, they try to cross this like border thing, and uh, Bolin convinces them to trust him because he pretty much lava bands is like, yeah, and the guys like, I mean, these guys could have killed us. So they work together to try and get across the border thing. They got to make Bolin and Varric uh, pretend like they're leading them into a new camp. And then, uh, and I do like how they lie to them at first and, and get past it. Even Varric is really good in on the lie. But then they have wanted posters up. They get into this pretty cool fight. And the thing I love about this fight is that the fight's going on. Varric is finally showing himself to be. Very, very capable, more than capable. You're kind of wondering what he's doing. And for a while before he does it, I'm like, is he going to create an EMP? And, but that was kind of just a straight thought in my head. And then he does it. I'm like, holy crap, he created an EMP, uh, EMP like out of, out of nothing. Hmm. No, it didn't even occur to me at the time, honestly. Okay. I think maybe I've just been playing a lot of Batman. And he has <laughs> this, in one of the games, he has this EMP emitter. Uh, so that, that was like an, an option. Mm, I want to say yes. Interesting. Huh. Uh, Chris, someday I don't know if you if you have a Wii U, but City on the Wii U is is extra cool because I do actually love the way that it uses the gamepad uh, for some of your like for some of the game actual gameplay features. Like it actually feels like a feature instead of a stupid hindrance. So I honestly recommend if you're out there. Um, Arkham City. It's got a like Arkham City, Arkham City Armored Edition. I want to say yeah. on the Wii U specifically because the way it uses the 
the Wii U gamepad is actually kind of cool. Don't tell Nintendo I said that. Uh, so then they have a fight and they end up beating him, and uh, and the other people start to trust him, Bolin even more, and then they get on the boat and they uh, get going. I thought there's lots of miss. There's something I'm missing. I wanted to talk about. Can't remember. I should have wrote it down. Are you referring to in that storyline or just the next bit where we see Kuvira's army starting to ho- harvest the spear vines? No. Within, in that within one story. of those. Okay. So, I forget which one. There's something I was like, oh, I should write this down. It's, it's an interesting thing to me. But I can't remember. Uh, trivia question one for Comic-Con. What was Chris trying to remember? Go. Uh, yeah, Then so then you see Kuvira and uh, them at the tree in the swamp. Wouldn't it be really interesting if Kuvira I would love this actually if she got lost in the swamp. Like in that episode, Remembrance is they should have one thing more build up to Korosami. And also just have Kuvira yeah, honestly I would love that. If she uh went to the swamp. Like I think the swamp would mess her up so bad. It will probably honest I'll ooh, okay. It's remembrance. This is what next. I like to have um, is it right after this? I, I think know. it is. Let me oh, skip, it is. Let me skip ahead. It is actually, yes. here for a second. No, I can't skip ahead. I'll show you ratings. I think it is, though. Remembrance is coming up. It is. That'll be the yeah. most awkward thing we will review in determining how <laughs> to actually review it. Yeah, I got to make sure I watch the uh, one commentary. But so I was going to say is, I would love if Kavira... You know, the, the Swamp is trying to tell you something, you know? The swamp it's all is love a character. It is, it is alive. Yes. It is trying to communicate with other characters. Yeah, so I would love if the swamp was trying to tell Kuvira something, and she something that's like, hey, this is, you remember when you, you didn't have everything, and, and Suyin was when it took you in, and stuff like that. And it just showed her kind of flashbacks or something like that. Remember but then she would completely Hitler? take... Do you remember? <laughs> But then she would completely take it the wrong way, and then it would words uh, more being evil and, and diabolical stuff, and, or I don't know, it could just inform the character in just completely the wrong way. I actually do like that instead of uh, instead of breaking her down, you get like a biblical Pharaoh Moses thing where it just sort of hardens her resolve. Like yes, and I will now share this mm. with the world, or like some garbage like yeah. that. Um, I kind of dig that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that ends the episode. Let's jump into some ratings. I this our, our numbers aren't numerically super different, but it was just interesting to see. I had you pegged for much different than where you landed. But anyway. Uh, audio, visual, seven and a half. Seven and a half. I guess so. I was going back between an A and, and this. Um, I think the fight train scene sequence is really good. Um, I think the stuff of Bolin is, is really good. So, uh, seven and a half. Then story. Wait, that I didn't right. not get story. Nah, that's got to be wrong. No, you put a seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Typo? I, put, I, th- I believe you had a straight seven there. All right. Uh, story. I think that's some great. Uh, Marco Bolin, so there's a couple 
Not Marco Polo. I'll verify. I feel bad. Bolin Varric stuff. Uh, that's what you do with Varric's character arc. And then there's some good uh, Course Time stuff. I mean, that story isn't. The main plot of that Ace plot isn't that important, you know. Him I didn't kidnap and stuff. Mm, I didn't put your ratings in right. I think I got the final in right. You had audiovisual eight and a half, story seven and a half. Okay, I thought okay. it was a little bit higher. No, nope, okay. my fault. That's fine. Uh, but memorable. I think I would I give memorable. I feel like I gave it like a six and a half, maybe seven. Or maybe it was a seven. Uh, I was curious what you put okay. here. Seven. Oh, yeah, because one I'm just like I adjusted your total, but I didn't change the other three numbers. But your total's right because I'm stupid. That's ah, weird. Okay. Um, that's an episode where I'm. I can just not watch this episode. Honestly, it'd be perfectly fine. Like I... it doesn't have a huge impact on the story. I had you pegged yeah. as being higher on this one to the point where I was nervous about my own scores. And I felt like I was gonna. I don't know why. I was just like, Chris is gonna love this episode. I don't hate it at all. <laughs> so uh, I did audiovisual eight. Uh, same things you said. Nice train scene. Honestly, maybe not a ton of other stuff stood out to me other than just um, you get to see a little swamp, cool train scene, little Republic City. I always like those diverse things. But nothing jumped out. So it's like, I guess it's an eight. And then my story, I did an eight. It's like, okay, there's a lot of like, not small, but like impactful things that happen, but they're not huge picture impactful. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're still nice to have. It's not need to have, but they're good. So it's like, okay, eight. And then my memorable, I was like, I don't know what to do with this either. So I'm just going to give it an eight because some nice character stuff happens that, that, that I cling to, but nothing that, that jumps off the page at me. But for some reason, I had you pegged as, as being like, this was going to be an episode that I thought you would like for some reason. I don't know why that jumped to me that way. But uh, but in the huh. end, I gave it. I, mean, I liked it. I, I thought you were going to be really big on it for some reason. I don't know why uh, okay, I had yeah. that in my head. Definitely wasn't really big on it. No, I, and I have no, there was no basis for me to feel that way. Uh, but long story short, you came out of the 7.8, I came out of the 8, and I put a 7.9. So ultimately, it was very close. Um, I did enjoy it. I would never, I would never like uh, like actively uh, skip it for any reason, but I, I can see exactly why you just be like, you know what, you, you wouldn't have to watch it actually. Yeah. Or, or pivotal plot point wise it's not huge so you know I could get on that train pun intended yeah yeah remembrances nets which is um I'm wondering if remembrances if we should have like a uh, review not knowing context and then a review knowing context like if we should have duplicate like uh what do you call it uh two different timelines I think we should do uh... At some point, we should do what we would what we would actually do for remembrances. Maybe oh, like, like if we, we prefer had an episode to work with. Yeah. Okay. I take that. So I don't know. If, I don't know if that should come at the end of this season or sometime. Maybe after. I don't know. We get a week to point. mull it over. If you want to pull it next week, and if not, we've got like three or four weeks to pull it over, mull it over at the end of the season. I'd like to see us attack it in some way that is that is critical outside of context uh, outside. Like you, you're just a kid watching this on TV and it, and it yeah, comes on TV. Yeah. Uh, but then I think it's completely fair and even necessary as adult humans, knowing what we know to, to look at it slightly differently. One of the things I would, I would love to know 
what Mike and Brian were going to do with this episode. That'd be great. Right. We'll we'll definitely plug that in, whether it's next week or a week after or after the whole season. But I think it's a solid plan. We haven't done a good yeah. what if in a while. What if Remembrances had money? What if Remembrances, <laughs> what if remembrances was not a bottle episode? <laughs> yeah. Bottle episode, bottle episode, bottle episode. Oh. I love that episode so much. <laughs> I, I still don't like that one so much. But you I don't have, love it? I've I could around. watch the bottle episode like oh I've okay. come around really it's... hard on the other um I forget the oh the the dice the the seven different timelines yeah. one that one used to annoy me because there's so much repetitive things in it but the the yeah. cleverness with which that is written and then the way that it plays into the rest of this season but not heavy-handedly not subtly somewhere in between I've I've really the come around so... on that one they, they strip down to their underwear just to find a pin. And they put then their no hands one up had. and they jump to shake. Yeah. <laughs> and to, and, and, I mean, they even say, like, enough to dislodge any pins. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have it in there. Because they're trying to get out so they can go to the puppy parade. And Jeff is trying to get out so he can go to a date. Have uh, you ever being... even seen someone come to a or what is he something about like have you ever seen anyone show up at a puppy parade halfway through? Yeah. <laughs> and at the end there, the dean goes in the the study group the study room, and it's all messed up and stuff because they're throwing off the tables and stuff. He's like, "What go? What went on in here?" And obvious like something you and your puppies never even dream up. You you in miraculous. It calls him a bitch. You <laughs> miraculous son of a bitch. Yeah, son of a miraculous <laughs> son of a bitch. He's like, puppet, miraculous. <laughs> the first of all, Jim Rash as an actor is is great in everything that I have ever seen him in. I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but I love Harley Quinn. I love Community. There's one more that I'm missing. Uh, and then second of all, my favorite part of that whole episode, though is the fact that at the end for the viewer, there is a payoff. At the at the end, you do get like a little snippet of part of the puppy parade, yeah. and you're like, oh, so that's, that's a bottle episode, but we still got to see some puppies, you know? That's <laughs> like very gratifying for the viewer. And then, there was, and then there was one at the end, there was a cats and dogs. There was something like world peace. Yeah, and it was like a like heavy for some reason, political though. statement or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. Community, folks, go watch the first three seasons of Community. I would even forgive you if you said two and a half seasons of Community. I'd, I'd get on board if you didn't want to watch Ken Jong take, take over the school. I'd be okay with that. Mm, two yeah, and a half seasons, at least. That's true. I still like the whole third season, but I'd forgive you if you said two and a half. I'm a fan of the last season. The last season... After you get over the fact it's, that no, it's, it's different. not the same community characters, but that it yeah. is still very, uh, very cleverly written, I suppose is the best compliment yeah. you can give to that whole show. And it is. It absolutely there, is. There's a man that knows how to marry his cousin. <laughs> I just got done with the episode where Troy and Abed have to pretend to be normal for uh, Shirley and her husband's second marriage rehearsal. I can't think of his name, but then Andre. And then he thinks they're being sarcastic and he's offended because they're trying to be normal. I've seen Malcolm Jamal Warner in person before. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, is that that's Andre? Uh, 
uh, yes. What yeah. else is he, he in? Like fit, he is familiar to me, fit. but not in namesake. Uh, Cosby Show. Oh, okay. That's what Theo. And then at the end of that episode, or well, not the end, close to the end, Jeff and Britta are like kind of semi sarcastically, but actually about to get married, and they're just like fake yelling vows at each other, and just like I'll. And I promise not to be disgusted by the sight of your hair in the shower. And she's like, well, I promise to make 70% of what you would make at the same job. And he's like, and kids? She's like, what about them? How many? I don't know. Pick a number, dick. It's not got to have a say anyway. <laughs> and that's their vows. And the priest is just, or, well, the, the, the uh, officiant is just like looking back and forth as they do that. <laughs> Pick a number, dick. <laughs> Anyway, 7.9. 7.9. <laughs> no, that episode, Chris, that's like an 8.3 in comedy terms. Uh, <laughs> hey, The Reunion. This is uh, it's not a great episode, but it's good enough. And as Chris mentioned, there's nothing the union. pivotal enough going on. <laughs> Glad it's not the Confederate. The Union. Ex- exactly. Exactly. It's the union only. Uh, that's my thumbnail. I put my YouTube thumbnails there, and then I save them as images or whatever. I uh, I haven't downloaded the old font to this new computer, but this this current font that it just defaulted to next is so easy to read relative to the old font that my eyeballs are like, oh, this is much more pleasant to read. <laughs> the other one looks way cooler, but you gotta admit. A little hard to read. Anyway, the reunion, and we'll be back next week with remembrances, most likely, or if Chris gets a wild hair, we'll decide. I feel like we should at least cover the regular episode first. No, we definitely will. And then it would be either right after that or after the season where we would rewrite remembrances. Question. If we rewrite it, are we held to the same happenings beyond that? Like, we're literally trying to fill that gap without affecting the rest of the story. Yes. Okay, noted. Yes. I will brainstorm. In the meantime, thanks, Chris, for walking us through the episode. Thanks, viewers and or listeners, for putting up with our nonsense. We appreciate it. And I got nothing else. Hey, go watch Chris's uh, in-depth review of the Batman on the other podcast whose name I forget. But I will post it in the link, and Chris will say it now, maybe. Comic binge. Excellent. I will make that the first link in the usual list of links if you want to hear Chris do that. And hopefully I'll see it tomorrow so I can offer some input that's more than just me guessing at things next week. In the meantime. But it's not like that spoilery. I mean, for you, you'll probably be fine. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I already listened to most of it. I was excited to see you on another podcast. I I already, (laughs) already did most of it. You can't stop me. Um, that being said, I have, I mean, I've tried to avoid like outright spoilers. Um, I haven't sought out reviews or anything like that. And the people who have talked to me have all been respectful of spoilers, the the three usual peoples. So no, I didn't find anything you said to be particularly spoilery. So yeah, for all you viewers as well, generally spoiler free thoughts from Chris on his, uh, as a guest on his other podcast or on the other podcast. Thanks for watching Avatar The Last Podcasters. We appreciate it. Put all the details in the description, like always, and we will see you next week. Goodbye from my country.